For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. We're just a few weeks out now from one of my favorite parts of the football season, and, and that's the NFL Draft. Uh, the college uh, players all come together and the teams sort of in order select which players are, are going to be on their team. And it's a season where it brings a renewed hope and optimism for the future that maybe, that maybe these are the guys, the, these few young guys are the ones that we need to sort of put us over the top. Uh, they're the ones who are going to help us sort of finally climb this mountain. Um, there's sort of a renewed hope and optimism every year, but inevitably every year as well, there are these players who have... Uh, so much potential and so much talent who squander it away. Uh, there are all these stories every year of players who should have excelled, but for one reason or another, sometimes uh, it's not putting in the work or assuming too much on uh, something else or perhaps even just personal decisions in their own lives. They, they make, they, they sort of shipwreck their, their professional career. Um, and as a fan, I think most fans um, look at the gifting, the athletic potential, the opportunity, and, and, and you go, man, if, if only I had that opportunity, if only I had that skill and that size and that speed, um, I'd have done so much more with that chance. I would not have squandered it. I've spent way, you know, countless hours in the film room and in the weight room, and, and I would have given everything I had in order to, to seize this amazing uh, and, and such a, a rare opportunity. You sort of always put yourself there in, in, in their shoes going, I'd have done so much more. And a few years ago, as I was thinking about one particular player that we had drafted who turned out to be a bit of a flop and uh, got arrested, uh, going, okay, what, what, is it, what is it they can achieve? I mean, what, what real lasting impact does that have? What impact does um, an NFL season really make? I mean, really, it's nothing. And you look at the opportunity that I have, that, that, that I feel God is calling each of us into, kingdom opportunity, an opportunity to make an impact in the actual lives of people and in their destiny, in their eternity, that God has given us gifts and opportunities and this time. And how often do I squander, even more so, squander away the time and the responsibility that God has given me, much more so than that draft pick in something that's far more important. And so um, we're going to pick up the text here in Matthew again. Matthew chapter 25, uh, starting in verse 14. Jesus, again, is, is sharing a parable here. For it will be like a man going on a journey who called his servants and entrusted them his property. To one he gave five talents, to another two, and to another one, each according to his ability. Then he went away. Um, we've talked about talents before. Uh, it, it's a huge amount of money. Um, one talent is the equivalent of, of about $1.2 million today. It would be, um, it'd be 20 years of an average daily wage. So he gives, he gives the third servant one talent, like $1.2 million. Two talents would be like $2.5 million roughly today. Uh, five talents would be somewhere around $6 million. So these are huge sums uh, that a master is giving, he's entrusting to his servants. Um, and it says here, each according to, um, according to his abilities. Verse 16, he'd received the five talents, went at once and traded with them. He made five talents more. So also he had the two talents, made two talents more. Um, and so there's this immediate uh, investment. Uh, they're creating more wealth with what's been given to them. They're using 
the resources um, to, to, to make an impact, to, to, to create more. Um, but he who had received the one talent went and dug in the ground and hid his master's money. Um, perhaps it was fear, fear of losing it. Perhaps it was a laziness or sloth or apathy. Um, but he just um, digs a hole and buries it in the ground. Now, after a long time, the master of those servants came and settled accounts with them. And he who had received the five talents came forward, bringing five talents more, saying, Master, you delivered to me five talents. Here I have made five more. His master said to him, Well done, good and faithful servant. You've been faithful over a little. Again, there's, a, there's sort of a shock factor there. Five talents, certainly not a little amount by any stretch. I will set over you much. Enter into the joy of your master. And he also had been given two talents, came forward saying, Master, you delivered to me two talents. Here I've made two talents more. His master said to him, Well done and good and faithful servant. You've been faithful over a little. I will set you over much. Enjoy the joy of your master. We see with both of these servants who invested wisely, um, who multiplied, uh, the amount in, that was given to them, that, that the reward also is joy, that there's a joy that's waiting them for fulfilling their duties. He also had received the one talent, came forward saying, Master, I knew you to be a hard man, reaping where you did not sow and gathering where you scattered no seed. So I was afraid and I went and hid your talent in the ground. Um, here, uh, here you have what is yours. But the master answered him, You wicked and slothful servant, you knew that I reap where I have not sown and gather where I scattered no seed. Then you ought to have invested my money with a banker. And at my coming, I should have uh, received what was my own with interest. So he's saying you should have at least done something. God, you didn't have to double it, but at least do something with what I've given you, not just hide it in the ground. It could have done so much more if you had just paid attention, if you just done what I asked you to do. And then verse 28. So take the talent from him and give it to the one who has ten talents. For everyone who has will more be given, and he will have an abundance. But from the one who has not, even what he has will be taken away. And cast the worthless servant into the outer darkness. In that place there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Um, there's a, a harsh judgment here. Um, there is the reality of expectation. Re, the expectation of investment. That something was to be done with that which was entrusted. And there's an expectation of a return on that investment. Um, now we know that this isn't about being saved by our works, that Jesus doesn't look at what we've done with the talents, with the time, with all those things that he's given us. And we're not judged based on the end result. But there is something I think expected, as we've seen time and time again, something expected of us beyond just a profession of faith. James 1.17 says it famously, So also faith by itself, if it does not have works, is dead. There is an expectation in our lives. If we are saved by grace, if God has done that work in our lives, then there is an expectation that when Jesus returns, He will see a return on the investment He made in our lives. There will be fruit coming forth from that. I think what this parable is calling us into is that God will be looking for the testimony of our lives and not just of our words. Do our lives and the fruit of what we're able to do with the grace that God has given us, does that, is, that, is, is there fruit to be shown? Is there more than what was given? 
Uh, one quote I came across this week said, we have a responsibility for the resources that God has given us. To accept the kingdom and its salvation is to accept a trust. It enlists one as an agent on behalf of the kingdom and all those so enlisted will be rewarded or judged in terms of their faithfulness to the task. And it's not just about results. It's about, it's not, it's not about a quota. It's about faithfulness. Mother Teresa once famously said, it's not about success. It's about faithfulness to what God has given to us. And, and so as we look at what these talents for us, what this investment that God has given us might be, um, I, I come back to the three T's, our time, our talents, and our treasures. Um, we look at the time that God has given us. What are we doing with the time that he has given us, with the investment are, are, are we using it for kingdom purposes or do we just bury it in the ground? Uh, what could you do this week? What could you do today if you took just a piece of the time that God has given you and, and returned it for kingdom purposes, invested it? What if, what if you spent an hour today or half an hour, however long? What if you carved out some time um, and spent it just praying for other people? Maybe go walk around your neighborhood and pray for the families and the houses in your neighborhood. What if you, you carved out time today and gave it to someone else to perhaps take them out for dinner just to listen and to bless them? What if you were to take a piece of the time that God has given you and invest it in the kingdom? What, what could God do with that investment? With our talents, our gifts, our abilities, the things that we love doing. What if we were to take those and invest them again in kingdom purposes? One of my, my favorite ministries that I've ever heard of came out of Willow Creek in Chicago um, where a group of guys simply, they got together, they, they liked to work on cars. They were sort of garage guys. Um, that's what they liked to do. And so they got together and came up with a ministry where they were going to take the thing they liked doing and do it for kingdom purposes. And so they started a ministry they called Cars, where people would donate old broken down cars and these guys would get together in some evenings and they would simply work on the cars, doing things they liked doing anyway. And they would fix these things up and they would turn them around and gift them to single moms in their community. Um, they were using their talents and investing them for kingdom purposes. And what about our treasure? The blessings that God has given us. Do we again, do we simply dig a hole and put them in? Or do we use the blessings, use the treasures that God has given us for kingdom purposes, investing in the kingdom and not just in our own little tiny kingdoms? What if, for example, today or this week you were to put $20 in your wallet and pray over that $20 or however much, and then just look for opportunities to bless someone that day or that week with whatever you put aside? And look for opportunities to invest, to use the blessings that God has given us in the lives of other people, to commit those things. Imagine what we could do if we, if we chose to make those investments in the kingdom. Another quote I came across this week says that virtue does not inherently reside in smallness nor in bigness. It's not about what we're able to accomplish. Virtue resides in faithfulness with the abilities and opportunities uniquely entrusted to each believer by God when they're employed for His glory. So we look at the time and the talents and the treasure that God has given each of us. What are we doing with them? How are we investing them? How are we earning more? How are we using those for the good of the kingdom and bearing fruit with the grace and the love that God has poured into our lives? Let's pray. 
God, we thank you that you do love us and that you have poured these blessings into our lives. God, give us the intentionality, give us the courage and the faith uh, to put them into practice, to use them, to use them well, that we would ha- there would be a return on the investment you've made in us. And there'd be a harvest of righteousness at the end of our lives. God, we truly want to hear when we see you face to face, well done, good and faithful servant. God, help us to fix our eyes on you and to invest those things wisely for your sake. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, once again, for you or with you, let us know if there's anything that we can do to help. Talk to you soon.